Welcome to Living on the Exhale, a podcast designed to help us find inspiration, laughter, and growth in the messy middle of our lives. Each week, we explore ideas, inspiration, stories, and experiences that help us to grow, connect, and learn. So if you're in need of a weekly dose of inspiration, laughter, and a reminder that you're not alone in this crazy journey called life, then this podcast is for you. I'm Stacy Berkovitz, your host, and together we find peace and embrace life one breath at a time. Hi, Exhalers. Thank you for spending this time listening to the podcast. It really means the world to me that you're here. I want to tell you about something starting January 2024. It is a three month long group coaching program that its sole purpose is to help you find your zone of genius and really create a life of meaning and purpose. And this is called the Life Meaning Purpose School, LMP for short. And it's a soul school that really takes you on this profound journey of self-discovery and empowerment over the course of those three months. So month one, we focus on inner work, breath work, meditation, nervous system regulation, and really going into the stories that we tell ourselves and how that sometimes can hold us back. And then we go into month two, which is the discovery phase, discovering our values and our talents, our strengths, and letting that lead us into what ignites our passions. And then month three, we develop this really cool mission and blueprint for you, your life, your zone of genius. And you line up where your talents and passions meet, and then you learn how to share those gifts with the world. So if this sounds like something that is calling you, if you want to make 2024 your year to really learn more about you and then take the best version of you into the world for your mission, I'd encourage you to go to my website on the excel.com. You can learn more about it. Again, we start January, 2024. So hope you'll join me. Thanks exhalers. Sending you so much love. Today's guest is Hannah Koshak, and she is a registered dietitian that educates and inspires women to lead their health journey towards disease prevention by improving their relationship with food and their dieting mindset. Can I get an amen? She's based in Wisconsin and has been a dietitian for about 10 years, and she runs women's membership, coaches, and educates her community in many ways. She's the mom of two boys, and she loves the outdoors, the fun lifestyle of exploring, and she loves to dance. I think you're going to get a lot of great tips and really just maybe reflect on your own journey with food and how to make it even healthier. All right, let's go meet Hannah. Welcome, Exhalers, and welcome, Hannah. I'm so glad you were able to join us. You're just going to love everything Hannah has to say today. So I'm excited about uh, being able to pick your brain and your wisdom as a dietitian on so many things that 
we want to know that maybe social media or quote influencers have misguided people on for a while. So let's start with mindful eating. Hannah, can you debunk and dive deeper into what mindful eating is so we can see the big picture of it? Yes. And thank you so much for having me. And truthfully, there's so much to talk about with this and it's almost kind of become a fad, like live mindfully, live that. And in reality, if you think of it as a tool, you're more likely to implement it without a should. So let's talk about the difference. Like so often I feel like people, you know, right now it's like, we're all stressed. We're all in a hurry. And so it's easy to be told to like, just be more mindful of the beautiful day and be more mindful of what you're doing and slow down. And that kind of becomes a should because it's like, but it's so hard. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of it as a tool for something, you're more likely to then like take advantage of it as a tool. So when it comes to mindful eating, I'll often help my clients think of it in that way because they're using it as a tool to prevent or limit overeating. And because yes, we all do it. Sometimes it can, it can become a habit. And then that habit is where we start to feel guilt and shame about how much we eat or why we can't stop or a victim to our eating habits. So when I talk about mindful eating, it's not because like you should appreciate your food and slow down. Yes, that's great. If you're already in the practice of it, but actually using it as a tool to help you accomplish goals that maybe you're trying to reach, whether it's weight loss or a more healthful, healthful nutrition plan, or in general, just yes, being more present in your life to slow down and decrease stress. Mm, I love that. So if somebody came to you and they were like, I was told to mindfully eat mm-hmm. high level how would you simplify that for them? Mm. So you talked about being a tool and not a should. Mm-hmm. So for someone new to the nutrition world, how would you define that? Well, I would first challenge them to create more awareness around their overall eating habits, because that's how you can then utilize it as a tool. But if you don't have that that awareness, you're not quite sure what you're looking for and what it's helping. So awareness being, do you struggle with overeating or do you struggle with eating habits such as like stress eating where you get you know, grazing all day or comfort eating where maybe you're feeling unsafe or unsure and you need that comfort from food. And once you start to identify more of your eating habits, you can say, okay, this tool I can use to then prevent um, basically coping with food. And again, my big my big passion is helping people with their relationship with food so then they can create consistency on their health journey. So I would simplify it in the way of, well, I do have a process to help people kind of go through everything, everything, but simplify it in the way that your brain, actually, I'm not sure if this is making it more complicated or not, but (laughs) your brain takes much longer to get on board with being satisfied and your level of fullness and satisfaction, but it's really quick to tell you when you're hungry or when you have a craving right? Once you realize that it's like, you kind of almost set like, I need food now. I need this. I need that. And you're on a mission to get it. However, when we eat so quickly, 
our body's just not catching up fast enough. So it's so much easier to then find ourselves in these new habits of maybe overeating or yes, coping with food. So my biggest thing would be yes, set up the awareness around your eating habits, but then also just knowing that the first thing you're doing with mindful eating is slowing down enough so your brain can send you the signal that you're satisfied or you're full and even to help your digestive hormones get on board with that as well. So it also helps with the effectiveness of digestion. Ooh, that's so good. Now you said you take people through a process. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, and I guess without breaking it down to every single point of it, what we're really doing is putting the vision in our brain, right? So our brain needs to actually see it. So often you'd be surprised, like you don't even look at food. You basically look at it enough so you can get it in your hands or where your fork is going, but you're not looking at it and what the colors are and what the textures are that it, you know, the smoothness or the shininess once you have that on board, your brain has that vision and that could right there can even start the digestive process. Um, then once you do that, you're basically just getting all your senses on board. So from there, you're smelling it again, that smell is a sense that's telling your brain, oh, okay, let's get ready to eat. Again, once you're getting ready to eat, your brain's going to be more alert to then being on board with signaling your level of satisfaction. Then you'll slowly do taste and you'll move it around to the different areas of your tongue because you, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but on your tongue, you taste salty and sweet and bitter all in different places. Yeah. I mean, I remember learning that in elementary school, but not really sure why, but it ended up resurfacing for me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but what you're doing is you're really hitting all those points because let's say you're on the salty side of your mouth, you're not getting all that sweetness. But you're also just, again, maximizing your opportunity for satisfaction. I mean, we really do eat food to be satisfied, but because we're in such a rush, rush life, we tend to get that satisfaction from fullness. It's like, oh, I'm so full and now I'm satisfied. But really, when you're really just paying attention to everything, the delightfulness and everything food has, it's pulling you away from the distractions that create that mindless eating. So mm. it's a level of meditation in a way. All right, so once you've hit all those senses in your mouth and you really start to notice your saliva glands, like you'll start to feel literally more saliva in your mouth and then you swallow and then you reflect, right? So after that little bite, you just reflect on the whole experience you just had because you want to make sure that you are enjoying it. And then again, you do that again. And what you kind of end with, and again, this jumped over a few things, but we're just getting to the whole process, is that you show gratefulness for the satisfaction that eating experience gave you. Mm. And so you literally just pulled yourself away from all the stressors around you, all the distractions that could be putting more stress in your life. If you're scrolling, you can't block yourself from what you're going to see all the time from the conversations, right? You're pulling yourself away from that and you're meeting levels of satisfaction that can increase those feel-good hormones that can ultimately decrease that cortisol and decrease your blood pressure. So it's really just overall healthy in that way too. But again, for people that struggle with overeating and just can't really get that 
off that cycle, this can kind of be that opportunity for them to realize that they don't have to be stuffed to be satisfied. Ooh, I love that. I love thinking about it like a meditation. So let's talk a little bit about how that can be applied when you're in a group setting. So let's say you're going out to eat with some friends. It's a lot harder to do that. So what tips do you have when it is dining with others? Yes. Oh my goodness. And it is true. You are right. It is actually researched that the more people you're with, the more you're going to eat. So the bigger the group size, the more you're going to eat. And that's just due to so many different factors. But what I always like to recommend is to be aware of um, your comfort around maybe not eating. So what I'm saying is that uh, we're served maybe the same time, or maybe there's a buffet table or someone's eating. Is it a comfort for you to be eating with everybody? So yes, eating can be social, but let's say someone's still eating at the table and you're done. If that makes you uncomfortable that somebody's eating, you might just like courtesy continue eating, right? Or if someone's talking to you with a, with a little plate and you don't have one there and it's like, oh, I should have one too. Or if it's just like, no one's talking to me, I'm going to eat while I'm here. Like, it's just a mindless habit that we can get ourselves in. So what I always like to say is enjoy the food for the experience of what it has to offer, but really put the focus on your friends or family. And so that's saying we all are like excited to eat good food, right? And enjoy it for what it has to offer you, but it it doesn't mean that it has to be all about it. Like you really are there to have good time with your friends and family. You really are there to make the memories with them rather than so much about the memories of what you ate. So again, I believe in social eating in the sense of yes, it's something that brings people together, but if you find yourself in, again, like, I think people are surprised how much they're like, wow, if they're eating, I feel like I need to be eating too. And then that's where you leave. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so full. I ate all day. You know, it's funny as you're saying that I'm thinking about different times I've gone out to eat with, you know, girlfriends and it's the more people that are there, the more food I want to try. So I'm like, oh, can I have a fry from yours or can I try? <laughs> so it is, it's like its own mini buffet. So very mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. So moving that same thought to Thanksgiving, which is coming up, what are some tips of how to really enjoy the day, how to enjoy the food mm-hmm. without binging or without overeating, but still just enjoying it? What would you mm-hmm. recommend for that? Yes, I have so many recommendations, but the biggest one is if you can just do the mindful eating practice for the first three bites, it doesn't have to be the whole meal. You can enjoy the company because it is, you're obviously can't be mindful the whole time when family's talking and you want to enjoy that. But the first three bites are the most important for getting your brain on board, which can again, help the digestion. And the other thing is is while you're eating, I mean, there's a lot of tricks as far as like putting down your fork in between bites and everything, but just being grateful for every single bite because that's, so you don't have to go through the mindful eating exercise, but just be grateful for every single bite for the experience it's giving you. 
Mm. Again, we're just bringing your brain back enough to prevent the 10 bites of mindless eating to then get me to dessert, to get me to the next thing, to get me right. Like we start with appetizers to get me to the meal, to get me to the rolls, to get me to the dessert. And, and you're, you're, you're almost like looking forward to the next thing all the time. And so the more present you can stay with what you're eating is just going to help prevent then. Yes. Am I satisfied or not? And the other thing I want to say, and this is, this is hard because this is a day that we typically all do overeat. So it's not about feeling bad if you, if you eat too much or anything about that. It's about having more control than feeling like you don't have control. So you can maybe go in, you know, knowing that you're going to naturally eat more than you normally would. But I go into the day saying, what are my intentions and how do I want to feel? Because if you have an intention of how you want to feel, you're more likely to be aware to then identify that feeling. So for example, if you were to, you know, okay, driving there and you're like, you know what, I want to feel in control while embracing my grandma's apple pie recipe for the memories Mm -hmm. that it's brought me, right? So that means all day kind of I'll have that awareness of like, Oh, I'm, I'm in control. Like I enjoy that appetizer, but I'm choosing to move and go talk to whoever. And same with the apple pie. It's like, you're reminiscing the memories of grandma making it, or you making it with grandma or the smell of grandma's house. You're getting satisfied sooner and you're moving on. Whereas it's like, Oh my gosh, grandma's apple pie. I never get this. This is the only time I get it. I'm going to eat as much of it as I can because mm-hmm. this is all, this is all like all I ever have it. Right. So you're still getting the apple pie. You're just not necessarily putting yourself in a position of, of not having control of that. It's that so interesting sense? because yes, for sure. When I think about so many times I have overeaten, it's generally like, but this is so good. And when will I get this again? And it's so neat when you're talking about just really appreciating at least those first three bites, giving your brain a chance to catch up anyway, so that you are savoring it and you're appreciating it without the, maybe the urgency of, I have to eat so much of this. Cause when will I eat that again? Mm-hmm. And I know there's like food scare, you know, the food scarcity and sensitivity and, um, that kind of stuff can play a role in it. But I, I do think that's a really great point you just said. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the holidays being stressful in our minds. We think of that Norman Rockwell painting of everyone sitting down to have a lovely dinner together, but truthfully holidays can be stressful. Thanksgiving can be stressful. And I think it's very normal for people to stress eat. Mm -hmm. And so what would you recommend For the holiday meal, let's be honest, it's stressful for a lot of people and a lot of households. What would you recommend to to help with the eating during that time? So we're not stressing. Such a good question. And this is, this is right that like, you can't always avoid stress, especially if it's, you know, maybe from certain people or the circumstances, but you can choose how to limit it. And how to limit it puts you in the power. But when it comes to stress eating, it's just one simple understanding is that food 
is safety. It's that's instinctual and it's really how we were raised, right? It's safety. That's so true. But really our needs will trigger that safety, but our needs do not need food to be met. So when you're stressed, you need your what your body's really looking for because of that cortisol surge is a relief and a distraction. That's what you're searching for. Now in probably your your childhood or just self-taught, it, it's been food. That's why people get up from their desk and go graze. Or that's why when they're in the kitchen and there's so many people there, they're just kind of eating the trail mix and they don't even realize it, right? Like it's just this ongoing coping. But when you understand that what your body needs when you get that cortisol is a relief and distraction, you can then seek out those things outside of food. So it really is when they say go for a walk, it's to get that fresh air and just a relief from that stressor. And again, a stress doesn't have to be a negative thing either. It could be high pressure. It could be high energy. It could be, you know, like if you're not used to certain animals being around and chaos, it doesn't have to be like a intense conversation of some sort political, right? Like it doesn't have to be like that. It can just be a lot. Ultimately that cortisol surges, which triggers your body. You need to cope with this. And most often we've coped with food with that. But when you just say like, okay, it looks like I feel this feeling that trigger is happening to stress eat. I need a relief and a distraction. And that's where I'll say, go find the kids. So often we are like pushing the kids to go play, but they really do just naturally bring joy. So if you can just have a one-on-one with a kid and do their puzzle with them, or if literally go outside and throw a ball for the dog, um, you know, whatever that looks like in, in your circumstances, you just gave yourself that relief and that distraction and at least five minutes of it, you'd be surprised. Like you have zero cravings to go snack. I love that. And I think the bathroom is a really good place. If you just need <laughs> to step away, they can just think that you ate something bad oh, and you can go and do some breath work. You can listen to episode uh-huh. three for breath work. Or you can pull up a meditation. There are ways to help reset your nervous system. So I love it. Absolutely. Be around a child, go for a walk or the old bathroom always (laughs) comes in handy. Those are such great tips for the holidays. I also want to ask you about travel. I think Mm -hmm. a, a fun part of travel is trying the foods from the region or the area or the city or state, wherever you're going. That's part of the fun. And it does get you off of what maybe your normal eating habits would be. So what tips do you have for eating wisely and also enjoying your vacation? Well, that's so hard because so many different vacations have different access or different capabilities. So knowing that, I guess when I travel, I'm always asking myself, like, how can I be prepared if needed? So, um, for example, like if you have a favorite granola bar, um, just having those in a bag where, you know, you can grab, I honestly, so I don't fly travel a lot, but I will either like drive or obviously my in-laws live further away and my parents live further away. So like honestly have a bag of apples that I just put in my to-go with me. Um, I put a bag of almonds in there. I'll have my favorite granola bars. And so really, if I feel like I want to prevent being hangry, I think when we travel, we forget that actually it's not about 
eating too much, it's like these big gaps of time when you don't eat. So then when you do get to eat, it's like, oh my gosh, right? Like it's just that feeling (laughs) of like lack of control. So I like to prevent that feeling of lack of control with then, yes, having some snacks, just, you know, I could, like I said, I just leave them right in my bag. I'll go munch on an apple while whatever it is. Yeah. If it's, um, calming down in the bathroom, like, I don't know, just eating your snack and it doesn't have to be this like openness thing. It's just preventing or holding over. And I always think of snacks as an opportunity for nutrition. So this, this is like another gap that I can get antioxidants or more fiber or another fruit or vegetable. And truthfully, when you think about like nature's to-go snacks being fruits and vegetables, it's really easy to have a big container, a Tupperware with chopped up vegetables and then a different dip. So I'll have ranch or a nut butter or something. And so I just know that I can eat that. Um, so really, Ooh, it's wait, not- wait, I have to say this. I love what you just said about using snacking as an opportunity to get more nutrition. Mm-hmm. That is so counterintuitive to what, how we normally eat. Yeah. And that's such a good mindset shift. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. Good. I'm glad you like it because it's really important, especially with the influx in the, what would the word be? But it's basically just the, um, the dieting mindset that's being really pushed on us, like basically avoid food as much as you can, right? Like where we're almost taught through the dieting industry, like cut calories, eat less. And, and I get that to a point, however, it's really put us at like a lot of people end up feeling guilty for eating when they eat. Mm, For sure. I want to touch quickly about an this could relate to Thanksgiving or vacation or dining with a group of friends. Do you recommend people eat before they eat? So in other words, not showing up starving. I think when I just think of my own hunger and when I'm starving, those first three bites that you're saying really savor them. I'm not savoring them. I'm just hungry and I want to get it down as quickly as possible. (laughs) Yeah. So do you recommend having some type of snack before those outings or Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or yeah? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So what I do on days that are um, a little off schedule, I try to be as normal as possible because otherwise you're just so, for example, we often go in the holidays as it's like, I'm going to eat a lot. So I'm going to save my calories until that comes, right? So it's like, eat as least as I can. So then when that's there and what I try to do is just stay on schedule. So then my food choices, when that meal time comes, isn't as like complicated. It's like, they just are my choices not, I just opened it up to eat everything or maybe two of everything, right? Like you're putting yourself in that position to have that like whatever. So really when I see it, I have the normal level of hunger, hunger that I would at dinner. It's just in my head, like, what are my food choices going to be? And I always tell people if it's a big, long line, like if it is a holiday or something, this is key would be to not go through the line and just take what looks good. Actually walk through the line first without taking anything because so often we take a scoop of something because it looks good. And then we see this other option and we were like, but I didn't know that was there. I want that too. And then you have this huge mound. But if you know that tater tot casserole is coming and you see these like Mm. cheesy potatoes, you're like, I really love those. Like you already know that that's, coming, you're more likely to, you know, just kind of 
make your food choices. That's what I say. But yes, if I'm, if I'm starving or if I'm going somewhere really hungry, I'm always munching on apples or I'll always have, like I said, a little nut mix that I like, or, um, maybe I'll make a little steamer, which is, you know, just some steamed choice of milk with a flavoring or cinnamon. Um, so yeah, it's just preparing yourself that doesn't make you super vulnerable to those circumstances. Good question. Yeah. I love those suggestions. I remember recently when I was going out to dinner with some girlfriends, um, and we, it's a place that it doesn't have any healthy options. And so I ate a salad and a little protein. And so when I got there, I ordered, I, I don't even think I ordered anything. I was just able to kind of be mm-hmm. present with my friends. And so that made a big difference because I am such a social eater. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely overeat. So I love all these tips you've given us. Last big question I want to touch on a little bit. And I know this could be its own 10 hour uh, podcast <laughs> topic, but talk a little bit about diet culture and how that relates mm-hmm. to a healthy body image. Okay. You are right. That could be its own podcast. (laughs) Let's just end this with a grand finale loaded question. (laughs) In three minutes or less, please explain. No, No, but really just, I think the dieting culture is worth touching on, especially during the holidays. There's a lot of guilt felt. And then Mm -hmm. in January, the diets start. So talk about the diet culture and how that relates to healthy body image. And I know you work a lot with this in your mm-hmm. own dietitian practice and with you, who you coach, just keeping it as high level as possible. Give us some thoughts on that. Ultimately, if you think about it, the diet culture thrives and relies on you feeling vulnerable and desperate because otherwise it wouldn't exist. It needs us to feel that way. So we need that. So basically it sets you up for quick results, which we've all probably experienced through something. However, just the mindset work that we even just touched on here doesn't happen, right? They're not there to facilitate why your mindset is the way it is, what your childhood experiences and exposures were that got you to this point, all of those things. You create those changes, however, all of those mindset habits and things and feelings come back up and you find yourself then quote unquote off track. So what it does is it sets you up for this success that actually pulls you further away from the feeling of freedom because it made us believe with this false belief that we'll just be happier if we have this weight loss, right? However, once we get that quick weight loss fast, we're like, oh my gosh, now I have all these people looking at me. I've just been fed all of these comments that were really initiated through weight stigma. And now I need to keep this weight loss off because there's people watching and I feel that pressure. And I should probably keep losing weight because people are calling me that I'm killing it. I'm being so successful. So I got to keep showing them because now my worth is associated with my weight because all of these compliments I've just received And I wasn't receiving them before. Okay, well, now this pressure is there. Well, here comes those thoughts. Here comes all of the old habits that we haven't really figured out how to work through yet. They start creeping back because 
of real life stress, real life vulnerabilities. Here we are letting go of that weight. Oh shoot, now we gained those few extra pounds and now we need to over restrict. Where now we're over restricting and feeling really guilty for any time we do eat or whatever that looks like, we are the furthest from happiness and freedom. Do you see that? But we're still getting these compliments because we lost weight. So here comes that pressure even thicker. And eventually we just can't do it. We feel then if we do gain weight back, what does that do to our hearts and our heads? And most importantly, our relationship with food. So my passion is to just remind women that you can have a health journey. It just doesn't have to start from a place of self-loathe where you just feel like you have no other options and you just wish that you could get results so fast to take all of that, that, you know, in your case, or in your mind, it's bad, right? Extra weight is bad, which I'm saying, is it though? And instead we build you up from a place of self-worth. So you actually have some acceptance of where you are and how you got there and what that looks like with so much awareness that you can create something consistent. And that consistency is what gets your results. And that consistency is what, in my opinion, can save your life, which again, my thing is disease prevention. So when you realize the big difference of those, the shift is actually more in your perspective than it is in which rules you follow. Ooh, I love that. I love that. I love that it's centering around how you feel internally and then developing consistent habits from there. And that's beautiful. You mentioned body image. Body image is something that we were taught to be so resentful of. We were honestly taught every before and after picture you see where someone has a before that's so unhappy and then their after is so happy. That's teaching you that you should, you should feel so sorry for yourself if you look the way you look, right? It's just, it's really intense. But ultimately, when you realize that your body is continuously healing you and all it needs is for you to just kind of support some of its functions. And again, that's just through basic balanced nutrition. It wants to heal you. It wants to protect you from disease. When you think of how resilient your body is, you can focus on resilience over resentment. How much more likely are you to take care of something that you see as resilient rather than you resent? It's so interesting. I love your analogy or your example of the pictures that, oh, I'm so sad. I'm bad. Oh, I look so good. I'm happy. (laughs) And I think for some people that's super true. And I think for some people, the transformation that they've made internally is maybe what their happiness could be. Not all. Some are like, look at me, I've lost the weight and now I'm worthy. Now I'm worthy because I've lost weight. And then for some people, I think it's like, I love what my body can do now. I love how I feel when I wake up in the morning. I love that my joints don't hurt, right? When I'm trying to walk around the the block or exercise, I love that Mm -hmm. I can play with my children. So I think I love that I'm healthier and have lowered my cholesterol. So I think there's two ways to see those happy smiles, but I love, I love that you defined You can still love yourself big and love yourself skinny. It doesn't matter because it's all internal, right? It's just the Instagram photos show like happy now because I'm skinny. And so I'm so glad you shouted out at that, that it could be that and it, and it could be 
it could be either, or we don't know. However, attaching to I'm only happy when skinny is where the danger seems to come. Yeah. So you're so right. So first off, and what you said is like the before and afters, we don't know. That's, that's, that's the thing. We don't know. I have lost weight so unhealthfully. I was depressed. I got out of a, you know, relationship that it wasn't a good place mentally. Okay. Lost weight because of that. So much positive feedback. What is that telling me? Right. That doesn't matter what you do to lose weight. You lost weight and it's good on you and let's go. Right. That's, that's horribly toxicity for Mm -hmm. a brain. That's feeling that level of depressed. Okay. So we, so like you said, we don't know. The other thing is if people are getting a real transformation, meaning not just weight loss, they've actually created more health in their head. They've created a lifestyle that they love that works for them. Then their testimonial post should not be about their weight because that is a, that's just like a welcomed reward of overall this transformation that got that. It's like, okay, so I, yeah, I lost some weight, but my focus was finding more peace in my head, creating a lifestyle that actually works for me that I can keep consistency in, enjoying more time with my grandchildren or enjoying more outdoors time because I'm able to hike more. Like those are the things that are going to inspire people. I think typical cliche before and afters, if we are really honest with ourselves, they make us feel pressure to lose weight more than anything, which actually makes us feel guilty for where we are, which pulls us away from self-acceptance. So love it. Really honest with ourselves, how they made us feel, whether it was inspired or not, you'd really have to assess what it is, you know, of what you're seeing. Yeah, that is so, I'm so glad you called that out. I'm so glad you called that. And the work you do is so important for that. And if people want to reach out, Hannah inspires me anytime I can catch one of her Facebook group messages. She always, she just brings so much knowledge and support and wisdom to the table. So if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way they can do that? Well, thank you. And as you know, I, I try to remain as unbiased as possible because I really want people to know that it doesn't have to be a cornered situation where you have to be on this program or you have to be on these things or you have to find out it's, it's more just about you. So, um, to answer your question, I am on Instagram and Facebook as wholesome endeavors. And, um, I do have a newsletter. If you just go to wholesomeendeavors.com, you can sign up for that, where I just offer a lot of new perspectives. And I really just like to have fun because in reality, it's about enjoying the journey for me and for you. And so when you see that it doesn't have to be as complicated as it seems to be made, you just need to find more joy, which you help people with. So thank you, Stacey. Oh, you're welcome. And I just, I love what you're putting out in the world. I really do. I think it's such an important message, especially during this holiday season where people really can get down on themselves and their bodies. Okay. Last question. What has inspired you recently? Ooh, um, I guess what has inspired me 
And, and I started my business five years ago, talking a lot about nutrition and disease prevention. So again, pulling you away from tracking, counting calories, obsessing about getting certain amount of this or that, and really just educating about how it, it serves your health. And now I'm just really inspired to bring awareness about dieting mindset because what I found in my clients and so many people I talk to is that they don't even know that they're struggling with the dieting mindset. They have no idea. So when I just kind of ask them some simple questions about like, how do you feel about a banana? And they'll tell me what they think, or what are your thoughts on, um, you know, pretzels? Like, and I just kind of point out the different stigmas that have been put on food, then that awareness can then help them kind of just start from a, a a place of balance where they can take away those foods and or those stigmas and then just create something out of um yeah i guess my whole point is just helping women get away from the guilt and shame so when you can do that you're more likely to actually find progress Mm, that is inspiring. <laughs> That's so inspiring. And we need that voice out there. So I really appreciate you sharing so much wisdom and I hope people can find you and will find you because of the amazing support you offer. So thank you so much for sharing this today. Happy holidays. <laughs> and I appreciate your time and, and sharing this. Thank you for having me. And just know that your journey is meant to be enjoyed. Your life is meant to be loved and, and it's possible. Good final parting words. Thanks again, Hannah. Let's get ready to meditate. Welcome to this relaxing session for instilling mindful, healthy habits to live the life that you deserve to. Being healthy is one of life's biggest blessings and it is completely within our control to take charge over the choices we make on a daily basis that push us towards a healthy lifestyle. So please let's allow our brains and bodies to become very relaxed because what lies behind conscious relaxation is the power of our imagination. When we focus on what we want with a burning desire, we are capable of making great changes in our lives. It is all much easier than it sounds, and actually a really enjoyable experience. So if you're ready to surrender to your innate abilities, changing your life, then take a nice full breath in and close your eyes. Follow along the air as it comes in through the nose and as you exhale through the mouth. Inhale. Exhale. You may want to focus on this entire experience of breathing, how the oxygen is being delivered to all of your systems, how your body is working in perfect unison automatically. Focus on your breath. You may notice that your mind chimed in, 
pulling your attention away from your concentration on the breath. This is what the mind does. Everyone's mind wants to wander. It is your opportunity and job to bring it back to a point of focus. When you start noticing your thinking rather than the breath, return your attention to a quality related to breathing. Let's continue with a body scan. This is simply placing your awareness on the areas of the body as I guide you along. First, become aware of your fingertips and allow the sensation of touch to come alive in your fingers. Good. What do you notice when you think about your thumbs and on to the pointer fingers? both the left and the right at the same time. Concentrate on the sensations, whatever they may be, and the center fingers, and the ring finger, and the pinkies. Now let your focus become centered on your palms. Everyone's palms feel different. What do yours feel like? Maybe warm or cool. Maybe there's a lightness or a heaviness. Great. Let's focus on your body. Inhale and exhale. Now let your focus on your body slowly fade. No need to concentrate on any particular place. Allow your thoughts to carry you away as thoughts like to do. Notice how memories are passing through your awareness as well as plans floating by in the mind. Our minds are constantly thinking whether we want it or not. This is the nature of the mind. Your mind is waiting for your call to action. So call to mind what is it that you most want to achieve in your health journey. Is it a number on the scale? or perhaps better control over your portions at mealtime? Do you want to feel better in your body? Do you want to look better to others as well as you when you gaze in the mirror? Perhaps the most important reason you want to become mindful about your health is something very unique and personal to you. Imagine now this reason is happening right now. Set the number on the scale to be what you want. Imagine you're putting the perfect amount of food on your plate. Nothing more, nothing less. Feel what it feels like to be moving around effortlessly in a healthy body. Picture yourself looking at your reflection in a mirror, radiating health, exuding wellness. Now with this ideal image in your mind, attach it to the feeling of gratitude. Can you cultivate an appreciation for something in your life? What is it that you're happy that you have? Who is it that you're happy to know? Give thanks to having this in your life. Honor that you can be a part of it. Let the feeling of gratitude expand within you. This powerful emotion of appreciation. Imagine it. And imagine again the reason why you want to become mindful about your health. 
see yourself clearly having attained this goal and draw upon the strong feeling of gratitude into this moment of vision. You've done so well. It's important to know that having healthy eating habits is a crucial part of living a healthy lifestyle. So see yourself now eating mindfully, which means chewing and savoring each bite slowly, enjoying the flavors, taking the time to prepare meals that are nutritious and filling, going to the store and picking out items that fuel your body and leaving unhealthy foods behind. You can do this. Your body deserves to be fed well. Your mind becomes resilient when you practice the art of mindful eating. Remember to practice this technique whenever you need it and come back to this meditation whenever it is needed. Inhale. Exhale. Gently return to the present moment now. Let your awareness circulate around your body, noticing how you feel in different places. And open your eyes whenever you're ready. Place your hand on your heart. Together, we find peace and embrace life one breath at a time. Thank you for joining Living on the Exhale. Make sure to subscribe. Thank you.